0: everyone, welcome to episode two of the VR in Education podcast. Today, we're going to look at what a teacher or school needs to consider if they want to get started with immersive VR in the classroom. I'm going to compare and contrast three main players, and then I'll offer my own personal recommendation on what I think educators might use moving forward. Now, before we dive deeper into the podcast, I just want to remind listeners that although there's a plethora of VR units on the market, including phone-based VR like Google Cardboard and Samsung Gear VR, this podcast will focus more on the higher-end, immersive, interactive VR units. Sometimes it's good to think of things through metaphors. So let me start by talking about an important metaphor we might consider. So one might think of being in and using VR as analogous to flying a kite in the sky. As the kite soars higher, one often gets lost in the joy and the immersiveness of the experience. And time seems to feel almost irrelevant as we Look at our kite soaring up in the sky. So let's consider the parts to a kite. A a kite has a main body with a frame made of poles and then fabric wrapped around that frame. So the poles give it the rigid framework, usually in the shape of a cross on a standard kite. It's the cross that provides the foundation for all the flights. And then around the cross or frame, we wrap material like plastic or some fabric to give it resistance to the wind and let it soar. So in VR, this might be the kind of experience a student or user has. The better the experience, the better the fabric which catches the wind and allows it to soar. Additionally, in my metaphor, kites have tails. So the tail of a kite is important because it keeps it balanced and steady in the sky, allowing it to withstand sort of stronger winds. So the tail in our metaphor is analogous to the games and applications that are offered by the VR company. Each part of the tail is unique and supports the kite in many different ways just like each game or VR application supports the VR unit. So currently there are three main competitors that offer high-end realistic interactive VR experiences. So let's compare these three kites if you will and see how they fly in the sky. The three units that I want to compare are the following. Currently there's the HTC Vive, the Oculus Rift and the PlayStation VR that offer high-end immersive experiences. So how do these three compare? Let's talk about cost first of all. As far as cost goes, the HTC Vive is the most expensive right now. It runs somewhere around eight hundred dollars Canadian the oculus rift is second in expense you can find one on Amazon for about five hundred and twenty nine dollars Canadian and then the cheapest of the three is the PlayStation VR which is roughly four hundred dollars Canadian on the PlayStation VR store right now but what about other properties or or considerations. So one might be how hard is it to put the kite together? In other words the ease of setup for these three units. So again comparing these three of the three the HTC Vive requires probably the most amount of setup and the reason for that is there are two towers that you have to put up fairly high either on stands or mount them on the wall and then you have to set up what's called room scale. So room scale means that you can set your play space up so that you can walk around and be able to utilize that play space. So a bit more setup involved on the computer. Whereas the Oculus Rift is a relatively ease of setup. Um, It's kind of a more of a plug and play. And then PlayStation VR is probably of the three, the easiest. Oculus Rift is also has towers to set up but for Oculus Rift those towers do not involve any room scale so you don't have to set up room parameters or anything like that. Another property to consider among the three is what the type of experience is for each. Back to our kite metaphor for a minute this might be how good is it at catching the wind and enabling us as kite flyers to get it high up in the sky. Let's start again with the HTC Vive. Of the three, it's pretty easy to argue that this particular unit, the HTC Vive, is the most immersive. And the reason for that is in the HTC Vive, you actually can move around in a space so you're not sitting or standing you can you can walk to interact with things you could jump in some applications you can crouch down and the VR unit responds to those movements oculus rift has does not have this room scalability so it's less interactive you basically have to either sit or stand to play applications or games. And then PlayStation VR, same idea. The other thing that we can compare about these three in regards to the type of experience is the quality of the resolution and how big the field of view is that we see things inside. Again, as far as these three go, the HTC Vive is the clear winner here. They have high-end resolution. The things that we see in there are much more realistic and and less pixelated. Additionally, because of the room scale experience, things can come at you from different sort of angles, and it really adds to the realism. The Oculus Rift is a close second in regards to resolution, how real it feels. Remember, it's less interactive. And then the PlayStation VR, albeit still fairly realistic, the resolution isn't quite as good, and it doesn't quite feel as real. A little bit more pixelated in what we see inside the VR. Another property to consider might be the tail of these three kites. And by tail, I mean, what's the availability of all the different types of learning games and apps. How do these compare? For the HTC Vive, there are basically two places that you can go to find games and applications for your VR experience. They have something called Viveport. In Viveport, they host many different games and you can actually get a monthly subscription to Viveport to try out five games for that month. So it's almost like Netflix, except Netflix, you can choose any movie. On Viveport, you are allowed to pick five for that month with a monthly subscription of approximately, I think it's it's $9.99 Canadian. And then you can kind of taste or try out these five games or applications and then pick a whole new different five. Besides that, Steam is the other location on the internet that would allow you to browse and purchase HTC Vive games that have educational basis. Now Oculus is very similar to HTC Vive in regards to how the setup and ease of getting learning type games and applications. So Oculus has a desk top app that you can get at Oculus.com and they don't have a monthly subscription program like Viveport has, so you simply have to browse and then buy or purchase the game. Additionally, you can also find games on Steam for the Oculus ecosystem. As far as PlayStation goes, PlayStation has all its games and applications located at playstation.com. The other consideration might be the sheer volume and then quality of learning type games. So this has been growing exponentially over the last few months. When I first started with the HTC Vive unit, the number of applications and games on Viveport was somewhere around 50. And as I've alluded to in my first podcast, it's been almost a year now since I've had an HTC Vive and there are triple the number of games or applications available on the Viveport now. Steam has more than that. If you browse Steam, you will notice that it's more than 100. Again, these aren't all learning type games. The biggest challenge right now as an educator, which will lead themselves to a further podcast on my part. That is finding and sifting and filtering and sorting to understand how these games and applications are education-based. So PlayStation is slowly getting games that are similar to Oculus and Viveport. But those numbers, like I said, are slow in coming. PlayStation has really modeled its ecosystem on sheer just gaming. And a lot of the gaming industry are first person shooter type games, and so on. And so, again, if I had to just compare games and apps, I would say that Vive, HTC Vive and Oculus are Neck and neck in regards to the number of games that might be education based, and PlayStation is trying to sort of play catch up. But to be honest, when I read different articles and look at things on Twitter, you know, PlayStation's market isn't targeting teachers and educators, they're targeting gamers more than anything. A few other things to consider, and that is how are you going to plug in and run? your VR or virtual reality units. You have to plug them into something, a console or a computer. And so in the case of the HTC Vive, as well as the Oculus Rift, VR content requires a powerful gaming PC because it needs to pump out high frame rate, which is required to make the experience fluid and enjoyable. In other words, you're going to need to run you know something analogous to a supercomputer. And one of the upgrades that are needed from basic computers to make it a supercomputer is the graphics card. Both HTC Vive and Oculus require a high-end graphics card. There are different graphics card companies GTX is one of them and so it is recommended that you get something like a GTX 970 which I would say is actually a little bit minimal. Most of the people that I work with and even some of the people that know a little bit more about computers than I do would say a 1060 graphics card or higher. The highest right now on the market is something like a 1080 and a 1080 is probably a bit overkill. So to get a computer that includes a higher end graphics card, like say a 1060 becomes a bit more expensive. So my son and I built computers to help run the HTC vibes at our school. And we roughly spent around 2000 Canadian dollars to make three desktop computers that were VR ready. And again, the biggest sort of expense to make a computer VR ready is a high-end graphics card. You could also spec out a laptop and probably find a laptop that has those specifications. For example, the other day I looked at a Dell laptop that was around 1500 Canadian that would run VR. So that's the more expensive consideration is trying to make or get or ensure you have a computer that is able to run the high-end frame rate that's needed. Now PlayStation on the other hand is the cheaper of the three. PlayStation only needs a PlayStation gaming console. You know the, high, uh, the newest version of that I think is called PlayStation 4 which costs somewhere around 300 Canadian. So if you're really looking for the least expensive way to do things then certainly PlayStation VR would be your best bet cuz it would run you somewhere around 800 Canadian dollars. The other two Oculus and then HTC Vive as far as expenses go were you know we're looking at somewhere around 2600 for Oculus Rift and 2,000, probably 3,000 by the time you're done getting a keyboard and monitor, 3,000 to run an HTC Vive. So let's wrap up. I know that was a lot of sort of terminology and stuff. So ultimately, which of these three kites is your best bet to fly or to use in a classroom? Again, at this juncture in the podcast, it becomes a bit more opinionated in other words uh wh- what what is my opinion well i think the oculus rift is a slightly cheap cheaper fairly immersive alternative it's nowhere near what experience the HTC Vive can offer so i would recommend and say that the clear winner in the battle of educational supremacy for VR right now is the HTC Vive. With its room scale experience and slightly better realism, I think the HTC Vive will give your students a more enjoyable and memorable VR experience. And further to that, the future is very promising for, for higher-end VR units that are offering amazing interactive and immersive experiences. As I'm recording this podcast, the Consumer and Electronics Show in Las Vegas is just wrapping up, and there have been several announcements about new things to look forward to in the world of virtual reality. One is wireless capabilities. So currently, VR units are hooked or wired or tethered by a cable to the computer or console and that limits sort of your your ability to move around for HTC if you remember you can move around quite a bit it's called room scale so for HTC Vive to have a wireless solution in the future is going to be a game changer because you'll be able to freely walk around without worrying about you know, hooking your foot on the cable or getting it tangled or tripping. It'll also allow your room scale to be bigger if you want it to be because you're not bound by the uh, cables that go to the computer. So it'd be almost like flying a kite remotely without the string if you wanted to use my metaphor again. Well, that wraps up this episode on hardware. If you have any suggestions or recommendations, you can always reach me on Twitter at C or provide comments on iTunes. In next week's episode, we'll start to look at the various types of educational games and applications that are available to play. As well, I'll talk about how you might set up a VR club in your school. So thanks for listening, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Weak.